This is Dr. Pang Stingra from Hashtag POD Podcasts of Dentistry at podcastsofdentistry.com. Hashtag POD is a long-form podcast in dentistry inspired by Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan. Hashtag POD strives to unravel the secrets of highly successful people in dentistry and beyond. So why don't you subscribe to the podcast to learn from all such great and successful people? Simply go to podcastsofdentistry.com slash subscribe. Podcastsofdentistry.com slash subscribe. podcastofdentistry.com slash squadcast. I believe everyone has a story to tell. And if you want to start a podcast to tell your story, the easiest way to start one is squadcast. No special hardwares, no special softwares needed for you or your guests. You simply start podcasting using any laptop or desktop or Android phone and even a Chromebook in a browser like Chrome, Firefox, Opera, Brave. So, you may ask, how do you do it? Well, it's simple. As a host, you simply schedule an interview on your dashboard. Share that particular link to the guest and hit record to get studio quality audio. Done. Simple. No sign-ups needed by your guests. No special mics needed by anyone. And still get studio quality audio. There can be up to four people at one time, including the host. You can even see the video of your guests. Connect any earphone or headphones with mic and you're golden. When you're done, simply stop recording and everything with separate tracks is automatically uploaded on your dashboard, ready to download in no time. Most of the basic audio editing is also automatically done when you download. Well, guess what? This particular podcast was recorded on Squadcast. Do I not make any sense? Well, they do have demo videos on their website to show you exactly how it is done. I did use the support and they have best-in-the-class support. They are so confident in their services that they have even compared their services with other competitors. Another thing that gives me peace of mind is redundancy. That means that even if there is some error, you can still get the backup of all the recordings sent to you in your email through your dashboard. So, if you really like the idea of starting your own podcast, podcastsofdentistry.com slash squadcast. The subscription starts only at $10 per month. You can cancel anytime through your account without making any calls or any chains of emails. Super easy. Once again, to support this show, simply go to podcastsofdentistry.com slash squadcast. Give it a try. Hashtag POD is really honored and happy to bring a guest who needs no introduction. Today, we have the legendary Howard Farrar. He is not only a practicing dentist, but also a consultant, a world-class speaker, lecturer, author, podcaster, 
and above all, a visionary. His vision started with today's dental, his dental office, and dental town. His vision continued with ortho town and hygiene town. He has been ranked among the 32 most influential people in dentistry by Edge magazine in 2017. I have to say, he is one of the very first few social media dental celebrities with tens and thousands of followers on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and so on. This is indeed a very special podcast with the most research I ever did. There is so much to learn from Dr. Howard Farhan that these two hours can never do justice. And I try to unravel some great concepts to delve deep into his mindset. One thing that this podcast will inspire you is that we need to learn to think out of the box and how he was able to exemplify exactly that. We talked about raising successful kids and how we can instill a similar mindset like his own, maybe in our own kids. Turning away from kids, we had to talk business and DSOs. Did he just say that he is starting his own DSO? Or did he say that uh, that is not even a possibility? Well, judge it for yourself. I tried to unravel his journey of being such an outspoken, uncensored speaker. How he did that? How much hard work was put in it? We of course talked about Donald Town and the future of Donald Town. COVID-19, through the crystal gaze of Howard Farhan, was not to be left behind, of course. He discussed his top bullet points, how to manage people, time and money, from his best-selling book, Dentistry Uncensored. He shared what is the number one addiction on earth and what I call as the casket test. Now, due to lack of time and so much to cover, we couldn't really delve into Tim Ferriss-inspired questions. They will be recorded and released at a future date. But please listen to the podcast filled with humor, knowledge, history, experience, and above all, visions of a visionary. I hope you enjoy the legendary podcast with none other than Dr. Howard Farran. There's Panks. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for coming in. Oh man, thanks for having me on. It's an honor to be invited on your show. Oh no, no, no. Um I think um I'm um such a, a recent podcaster that I would think um somebody like you who's known in fifty countries. Uh, I'm come- only a legend in my own mind, no one else's. Well that's a good start. that's a good i love that comeback that's profound that's a good start (laughs) well um i think um uh if people can get uh to your level they'll consider themselves successful for sure that's Uh, how well thanks for the kind words but uh it's just it's been really fun once again thank you thank you for coming into hashtag pod podcast of dentistry i know uh i try to do as much research as possible about uh legendary Howard Fran. Um and I listen to all your interviews. Okay, not your podcast. There are fourteen hundred <laughs> of them. I cannot listen to them. But I did listen to any interviews I found where you were interviewed. Uh I listened to all of them. I listened to your 30 day dental MBA podcast also. I read your book 
at least half uh, uncomplicated business. So where did your hair go? I thought you were had the more longer, <laughs> fashionable hair. Now you look all clean cut. What happened? Did you? Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, one of my patients called me Steven Seagal. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> she, I, uh, I should be called that. But uh, well, just just for a change. Uh, don't worry, they're just growing back again. So um, they're back again. No time. Uh, but yes, for now, I don't have a pony, but I used to until. I used to have it until 2018, almost. Then I kind of, uh, kind of cut them off, uh, just for a new, new look, maybe. And then, and yeah. of course, of course, I didn't want you to be jealous. <laughs> I was gonna wear a wig ponytail today, just to uh, keep it. In. And I love your name, Pod, uh, for podcast of dentistry. That that is a that is a slick marketing name. Love it. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, uh, there's a little story. I, I was able to grab the domain name podcastofdentistry.com and my whole idea was to bring all the podcasts under one website. That's how I initially bought the name for. And nothing, I didn't want to make any money out of it, but the idea was just to make a podcast of dentistry website where all the dental podcasts, if somebody would like to research on or search on, right, would be able to search. You know, if somebody's looking for implants, uh, they should go on my website. It's like a Google search engine, basically, right? And right. with all the names, with uh, with all the podcasts, like I think there are more than 80 now, the idea was they would all be in there. And if somebody wants to look for Implant or somebody wants to look for Howard Fran or uh, Practice Management, they should be able to search. That was a whole idea. But then uh, that didn't work out for because Google changed a lot of, domains and a lot of things and that didn't work out the way i planned but i'm still in the process of doing that one of my uh technical friends is going to help me out with that well um you can unload upload your podcast on dental town too if you want to do that um we have a we have a lots of dentists like you uploading their podcasts on dental town and then on the way to work um they're saying it's it's great views and it um really is great marketing for their itunes account too yeah uh i did start uh working on the blog on on dental town actually um we did uh post my my assistant is she's posting all this podcasts which i've already done before and yeah. they're they're being on um blog uh, I'm not sure if they're all of them are live, but she's uh, uploading them every other day. Nice. Let's start. Are you ready? Absolutely. Great. So um, I want you to take 30 seconds and I want to describe who is Howard Fran. Um, that's a great question. And I don't think... Um, you know, I, I think everybody, every individual doesn't even know who they are. I mean, they're always changing. They're trying to improve. They, You look at how they were five years ago. I, I think every single person is a moving target. I think when I go inside uh, someone's house, like um, like I have five sisters, mm-hmm. um, they, they probably each have a different um, perspective mm-hmm. of what they think of mom or dad. I, I, I remember when my, my dad passed away, I couldn't believe um, all the different feelings about, about dad's life. And then, and then he died like 20 years ago. And then how those changed after 10 years with my sisters and then how it changed again after 20 years. Like my dad died 20 years ago and I have five sisters still trying to decide 
who was dead. So I don't think um, I, I think in a in a world uh, where, you know, uh, lights, you know, traveling the speed of light, um, we're mm-hmm. traveling 60,000 miles an hour on the sun. <laughs> the sun's going 500,000 miles an hour around the galaxy. I am. I don't think there is anyone. I think we're all moving parts. I think we're all a work in progress. I think um, it's not, um, it's how we react. So I, I just, my, my goal is just try to be a better version of myself every day. So if you're trying to. Sorry yeah, to cut you here. Um, what, uh, what's that? I would say, how would you say, how would you describe Dr. Howard Foran today? What do you think? How would you describe yourself today? M- uh, myself personally, business, or as, as describe myself personally. Whatever you think. Um, that's yeah. That's I, I would I would say um, you know my my birthday Saturday. I turned fifty eight, so I'm in a neat, interesting part of life. So I I made my four boys. They've flown the nest. Um, three out of four of them have made another one. They've turned into six kids. Um, I've always said family first, uh, business second. And um, so I, I'd say these are really fun years. I mean, I'm sure people mm-hmm. in dental school look at older people and say, God, I don't want everybody that old and blah, blah, blah. But it's really fun. I mean, you, you've done all the hard work. I mean, I had four boys in 60 months, raised them. That was while having a practice. Um, I, I, I think it's a very fun part of life. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying 58. I look forward to 60. I, I think 60 to 70 to 80, I, I think they would be fun years because when you're young, you, I mean, you have to shovel snowy driveways to make a buck. You have <laughs> yep. to, you have to get out there and hustle. I mean, I, I remember for 10 years, I worked for my dad's Sonic drive-ins and they didn't even close till midnight yeah. and school was eight o'clock the next morning. And, um, my gosh, you, um, so I, I, I think these are great days. Mm-hmm. Um, great, great, great time of life. And then the other thing that's really neat is, um, you don't really see anything new. Now this pandemic was new. I've never lived through a pandemic. So that was original, um, for me, uh, fun, but, um, you've seen every rodeo two or three times. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think we, um, I mean, considering the fact that, you know, they just made the pyramids 5,000 years ago. Uh, on a million-year-old species, um, I, I think it's going to be about five thousand more years. I, I think that the pyramids are here, we're here. It's going to be five thousand more years before we even have any idea where the hell we are in the universe, what's going on, what's on the other sure. side of that black hole, uh, medicine, all that shit. So, so we're living in caveman days. Um, you know, we're definitely living in primitive times. So you don't understand what's going on, but you do recognize patterns. Sure. And it's like, okay, I've seen every time it's A plus B, it's going to be C. And so, you know, like the pandemic, that's the second virus I've been through. Um, dentistry, um, you, you see all pattern recognition is huge. And you also see it within subjects because that's why they always say that something is an art and a science because the science, I mean, we're primitive dudes. I mean, just look at your 10 toes while you're going to the bathroom in the morning and you, you know, and I mean, you tell me all this human being stuff, but you sure look like a homo sapien to me. And, and so we don't know all the science. So it's kind of an art. Well, this works in my hands. Well, every time I do it this way, it works. And I really love the pattern recognition of when you'll be reading a really profound thought in something like say real estate. It's like, dude, that this is how they say it in biology. And then you're like, oh, well, this is how they say it in anthropology, you know, so kind of arriving at the same 
concepts or patterns uh, through very different journeys. So I, I, I just love I just love a knowledge for the game. Um, I've read a uh, I think I've read a thousand uh, college textbooks. Um, I I've never read fiction, um, which is so strange because I love the NFL. Um, I love uh, the UFC. I love um, I love Star Wars. Yeah, watching. But when it comes to a book, there's something weird about a book that when I open a book, um, like right now I'm reading uh, I Am Dennis. I am a dentist by my buddy uh, Quam Bum Park in uh, Seoul. But when I read <clears throat> that that ritual is information, and that's why I was fine being international traveler because people would always say the weirdest things. When you were flying off to Malaysia or Cambodia, they go, oh, my God, you have a 15-hour flight? What are you going to do for 15 hours? I'm like, dude, it's a gift of time. I, you can't read for 15 hours at home, phone ringing your dog, four kids. You got to go to sure. work, patience. But to just take off in a little aluminum tube and no one knows you're in this little tube and you're just soaring across the atmosphere I mean, some of the greatest mind trips I've ever been. I think the biggest mind trip I ever even went on in, in economics would have had to been L.A. to Sydney, 16-hour flight, took off and cracked open the secrets of the temple. Um, it's a, it was about an 800-page book about the Federal Reserve that mm -hmm. was recommended to me by one of my MBA teachers. And to have 16 hours of uninterrupted time so to where if you're reading a page and just want to like close the book for a second, think about that or go back or look. I mean, it was just awesome. Sure. And, and um, I finished it up just as we were descending down into <laughs> Sydney. And uh, so well, I, um, I like, I like knowledge of the game. I, I think that's fun. Yeah. But I, but I'm always humble in knowing that, you know, like these experts, I mean, think about it. Like you could go read a book from the smartest guy in rheumatoid arthritis. This guy knows the most mm -hmm. and then you just have to fact check and say well can you cure my mom's rheumatoid arthritis no okay then you don't know shit about rheumatism. exactly don't tell me you know anything just, you know <clears throat> so they they know so much they're such experts they can't do anything about it and everyone believes them yeah um i think um so what i'm guessing for all the um discussion what you just mentioned or is that Howard Farhan is the guy who's looking for knowledge um is that how would you describe yourself like in if I give you less than 30 seconds to tell about yourself you know very succinctly talking only about yourself who is Howard Farhan what would you say I would say just a little boy from Kansas who wants to leave the playground better than he found it and he's uh, always, no matter what the woodpile looks like, it could always be rearranged faster, easier, better. You could always do anything better. Got it. And if everybody, and, and I'll uh, explain like this. Um, if you, you know, the simple thing is, let's say you want to make everybody on the planet twice as rich. Mm -hmm. Well, Federal Reserves, they know they can't just print the money. That's going to sure. be, uh, sure. you know, that, that's not going to work. But basically, the economy is real simple. If everybody only made a sandwich. And um, or cut hair. You had a ponytail. Let's say I <laughs> ate a sandwich. You cut hair. If everybody just made a sandwich, figured out how to make two sandwiches a day instead of one, the whole world has twice as much productivity, which is exactly equal to twice as much wealth. Sure. So, so if if you know if you see eight patients a day, 
if one if there's one million dentists around the world that we know for sure there's one million, but I know from going around the world there's another million off the grid that are in a town of five thousand of Chiapan Indians, and this is the guy sure. that does the mouth. But you know he didn't go to school. He didn't. Have, but let's just say the one million people that I have a digital connection with over the last since 1994 in this media company and all that kind of stuff. If every one of those 1 million dentists, um, instead of seeing 10 people a day, if every one of them figured out how to see 20 people a day, or instead of seeing 10 people a day doing one, two dentistry, but 10 people a day doing one quadrant, if every dentist doubled their productivity, there'd be twice as much dentistry on earth. Sure. Uh, so there'd be half as much dental disease. So, so I, I just think it's really cool how to do something better. I mean, I, I just can't think of anything. I, I don't care if you're making macaroni and cheese that somebody can make it better. And right. I assume it's just adding bacon to it. But um. <laughs> so, yeah, that brings me to the next question, actually. Um, well, we all know the story that in 1987, when you open up today's dental, you know, um, in Arizona, um, you reached out to the census and you looked at the population growth and, you know, et cetera, uh, to find a real, real uh, gem of a spot that was supposed to grow all these years. And it's still growing, as you uh, have mentioned in your other podcasts. My question is, how do you think you were able to think out of the box at that early stage in your life? Um, well, uh, uh, just a product of my environment. I mean, my so, so I was born in 62, downtown Wichita. And uh 364 north through tan and just middle class to lower poor middle class mm-hmm. and um my mom and dad were uh, catholic so they didn't believe in birth control mm. so they had way too many kids they had like seven kids in three days yeah and my dad they all lived below their means since my mm. mom didn't work she didn't have a car they lived below their means my dad saved and when i was 10 years old my dad saved up enough money for the, the new big thing at the time was franchises. And he mm. bought a Sonic driving franchise. Sonic. And the key to the franchise was the government had built the infrastructure of the, the freeways after World War II. They saw the German Autobahns. And they were very impressed with the Autobahn. So uh, Eisenhower um, came back and built those. Well, when people got in their car and they drove to the next town, it was all it was all foreign. Mm. And so everybody realized how a franchise would be so successful because you go to the next town and you wouldn't know anything, but you'd recognize a McDonald's or a gas station. So that that I want to go where everybody knows my name. I want familiarity. I don't like the unknown stuff is natural because any animal that was eating something they'd never eaten before, well, there, there's a great chance to eat some toxic berry and die. So all animals, um, like, like people say that someone's being lazy. Well, if after a bunch of lions ate a gazelle and they all decided to go work out for three hours, they'd have to eat again tonight. Sure. Um, they, they eat and then they rest and they, and they're, they're scared of everything. Like when people say that, you know, um, uh, Americans are, are non-trusting. What animal in the animal kingdom trust? Did you ever see some animals skipping through the forest, petting all the pumas <laughs> and snakes and lions? I mean, what, what do you live in Disney world? No animal on earth trusts anything. Because trusting anything is the unknown and, and you're going to eat something or be eaten, your prey or predator. And so he he really thought about, he thought this Sonic Drive-In was the best franchise, the price range. So he got into that and I had five sisters and I was the only boy. My dad was Howard Eugene Ferran. Mm-hmm. And then 
bad idea. He named me Howard Eugene Fran the second. So it was so confusing that by age 10, <laughs> my dad started going by his middle name, Gene. Yeah. And, and so everybody started calling him Gene and they started calling me just a mistake. And, uh, <laughs> um, I, so my five sisters, they, they had their deal at home, but I was the only boy that was dad. And so I was, I was the one who would go to all the classes, all the franchise, when he got a binder about yeah. his, the franchise and the business stuff, the demographics, we're talking about, you're asking about finding a location in mm-hmm. Phoenix, Arizona. I was the one sitting at the kitchen table with my buddy dad. And I, I just love that. And yeah. uh, so, so I, I did all, I learned all that from 10 to 20 without knowing, knowing about having it. any okay. idea that yeah. I would be applying it to dentistry and that it was uncommon knowledge in healthcare. Right. So now that makes sense. So unknowingly you learned the business, the principles of business as you were growing. And because of that, you started implementing that in your dental office and, or at least looking at, uh, looking at, so I would say it was more about your upbringing, the way you were brought up and the way you were, the way you were exposed to now, now, I'm I'm gonna drift here and there uh, in different tangents here. Uh, now, should, so your father um, somehow uh, taught you that uh, unknowingly, I should say. Um, but what are you doing for your own four boys? How are you teaching them these principles? Oh, I mean, it's um, I I think about it every day. How like when I was in college, when I was sure. at Creighton in Omaha. If I wanted to talk to my dad, I had to go downstairs to the lobby, wait in line at the phone booth, <laughs> and drop a dime in every minute when minimum wage was a dollar seventy-five. Mm. And I mean, so they were just rare. You know, when, when I left home, I mean, when you when you back in the day when you left home, you you really left home. Yeah, and you'd see him on holidays. And my boys, I mean, they're always blowing up my phone. I mean, we've had four boys and dad have been on a iPhone thread for sure. a decade. Mm-hmm. And, um, but one, one of the things I always did with my boys is things, I mean, you do so much, just same thing that has happened to you, but sure. like when they were little, like I never, when we went on vacations and cruises, whatever, they always went with me. When I lectured around the world, um, I always, anybody wants to go with dad can go with dad. And they, uh, I would say about all of them, at least one would go with me to any foreign country or any neat state or neat place or whatever. Mm-hmm. And three of them probably went with me to all of them. Okay. Um, just depend where they were alive sure. with girls, married babies, all that kind of stuff. But now that they're, um, I'm 58 Saturday and they're 30, 28, 26, 24. They all say that they look at what they learned in college Mm-hmm. And they look at what they learned going around the world sure. and they, they say that going around the world what peeled their mind <laughs> open and mm-hmm. they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't trade that for the world. And uh, I think that was, uh, and then they would used to always do things. It was so fun. Like they would really get serious. Like, well, how far did Marco Polo really go? Or <laughs> how far did Genghis Khan? Because they could prove yeah. that, you know, at this young age, if they've already gone farther than Marco Polo, Polo Genghis Khan. And, <laughs> and I mean, you know, one 16 hour flight to Sydney, Australia, you're kind of, uh, yeah. you're kind of almost neck to neck with Marco. But uh, um, I yeah. think that just blew their mind. Got I mean, it. there's eight 
billion people. And then what was really cool is when we got there, we weren't at a Holiday Inn and you be the tour guide and taking better. us on the tour. To, okay. We were always picked up by dentists like you who already knew us. Mm. And we got to see their house and their food and they would show us around and then they would tell us what what they really thought as opposed to a tour guide sure. trying to give you a good image of the country mm. you're in. Right, right, right. I mean, this is this is interesting. But so I'm thinking about those uh, those four four boys uh, in Arizona living in luxury, relatively speaking, you know, than you. Uh, um, and now, did you did you face any um, resistance? I should say from all the four boys. Hey, man, I, I wanted to be at Holidays Inn or uh, or maybe a four star hotel, and you're taking me to one small house in I don't know where. uh middle of nowhere probably how did you talk to your sons about you know that's fine you you're going to learn a lot more being here i mean how did you change your perspective at that early age i'm very well, interested i i i i i told them that you know um you know we had stages of um our relationship so mm-hmm. you know the first stage is i can't explain to a 2 year old that you can't walk across the street without asking because you're going to get ran over by a dump truck So you know at first it's just I'm dad you're not no means no okay <laughs> and no or you know or I'm I'm going to grab you and get you off there whatever but as they get older you know it's far more you know um conversation but then I told them all I said when when you leave for college I'm I'm not your dad where if I it, what I say goes I mean you you're you're gone you you flown the yeah. nest mm-hmm. and I'm not going to ride you I'm not going to sit there and say hey you you know you're doing this wrong this wrong I, yep. i'm not going to do any of that stuff because mm. i you know so i told them when they turned 18 they flew the nest that um i'm always here and i'll be your consultant if you ask me what i think of your girlfriend love i that. will tell you no holds barred <laughs> but if you don't that. ask i'm not going <laughs> to say anything because i'm sure you know too and um so so it's really good because here's the deal if they if if when they fall down and mess up and you um make it worse that they're, they're not going to bring you any of their problems right 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 so you you have to i don't care if it's work friends family my mom sometimes it's so i i almost i just i just think yeah when my mom will call me up or something she'll say well you know um because a couple of big things she said well you know i i don't know what to do but i sure. you know you, you the yeah. first person i told because she knows it wasn't going to be you're not telling sister mary aloysian going to get a paddled in the principal's mm-hmm. office mm-hmm. let you just tell me what up and let's work the problem and you know let's you know just non-judgmental yep. and i always tell my boys anyway that you know they think that in the last 50,000 years 120 billion humans lived and died and they don't even know their name mm-hmm. so i always tell my boys i said you know basically the the lifetime it's 100 years in mm. 100 years in the in the cosmos is not even a blink and you know um you'll have plenty of time for all your regrets in the graveyard forever <laughs> i said you you only live once yolo you only live once and um you know yeah, fall right. down get back up fall down get back up but eventually you're going to fall down and end in the graveyard and they're going to yep. close the casket and it's over <laughs> and everyone dies twice you know they die the first time um when they physically die and they died the second time when everybody that knew their name died and sure. they're just yeah. like the 100 billion people that mm. they don't even know you know they don't even know their name so yeah. it puts it in perspective to sit there and say okay so basically you got 100 years so that's 
10 decades. Um, and I always tell my boys, I said, you know, you were born in Phoenix and you love Disneyland and you love the interstates and you love the IHOP and you love cruises. You loved all these things that you didn't do jack crap to create. That's just the, that was the playground left for you. Got you it. were born in a world that already had Walt Disney, the yeah. IHOP and McDonald's. Exactly. And, and so, mm. so your only goal is, can you just leave it just a little, a little bit, bit better. better for the next guy? Nice. And that's Love the that. only goal. I appreciate everything I was born into without me doing Jack squad. Mm. And I would just like to leave the playground a little bit better. Um, the only goal of a species that doesn't go extinct. So I already did my job. You know, I replaced myself, uh, me turned into four oh, kids, with yeah. their mom. Um, and then, um, professionally, um, it's, it's, uh, dentistry, just leave dentistry yeah. a little better than you found it. Like when, you know, yep. Got it. Got like it. when I became a dentist, there was no, they didn't even know what a podcast was. Sure, sure. Um, and, uh, just, we'll get. We'll certainly get back to all. All the. I have all, so much to ask. So much to ask. I, you know, um, that's why. So okay. Now I'm gonna go back to you know starting your office in 1987, right? Uh, and you did the census and all. Um, and you were smart. And you were smart because of your father who taught you unknowingly. So I know we went on tangent here. So I'm gonna take you back there. Uh, so if you were to set up a dental office right now. Okay, uh, minus minus the pandemic. Let's say there is no pandemic, uh, there's no COVID nineteen. If you were to set up a dental office right now, what kind of office would you like to build today? That would be most productive and fulfilled to you. Well, I um I think um where did I just uh, put that? Um, well, I, I I think that um you know a lot's changed. Uh, from 32 years ago. I mean, sure. um, I, I mean, my gosh, when, um, so, so basically when I was growing up, um, you know, we were poor by the time my dad got five of his nine restaurants, we were in the richest part of Wichita, Kansas, Hidden Lakes Estates. And my next door neighbor was Kenny Anderson who bless his heart is still practicing dentistry. I mean, he passed yeah. his 50 year centennial. So I go to work with my dad and he'd make a cheeseburger and I love my dad. My dad was the greatest <laughs> part of my whole life. But then I go to work with Kenny Anderson and, you know, um, he'd take an x-ray and he could see through teeth. I mean, sure. I, I was the coolest damn thing in the world. And they yep. do work in but they all had the in-house labs. You know, mm -hmm. they have like four mm -hmm. operatories, but one yep. would be a guy with a Bunsen burner making gold crowns and whatever. And I just, I just told my dad, I just, I just can't spend the rest of my life making French fries and onion rings. I, I want to go do this x-ray thing. I, I think it really was the x-ray machine. That was the Facebook, Instagram, internet of the time. Right, right, and right. I can still remember the first time I went in the developing room, not to mention all dental assistants are the hottest people on earth when you're like 10 <laughs> years old and you'd be like 10 years old in a dark room with like a, a 30 year old dental assistant just thinking you were absolutely already in heaven. And, uh, you know, and, uh, my gosh, I was so in love with dentistry, but 30 years later, I mean, um, you know, all the, the dental schools, uh, shut down all the labs yeah, and the dentist no longer has that. Now Harris Aspen, of all the DSOs, they're the only ones focused. You know, all the other DSOs are aiming for the rich middle class with Delta insurance. They're all going to houses 
uh, median household incomes over 60,000 a year on up there. So mm-hmm. they're all chasing. So basically 95% of all the dentists are rich and are trying to reach the rich people in the suburbs. It was only Bob Fontana that asked me and said, well, let's go where they ain't. And let's go into the Medicaid area and let's have a lab for same day dentures. Um, you saw um, Clear Choice where sure. they said, well, let's take a, an oral surgeon to place it, a prosthodontist restore and the lab. Um, pediatric dentistry is exploding where they go in with an orthodontist because obviously no one's tracking their nose. So um, if a hundred kids go to a pediatric dentist, at least 90 moms will say, is my little child yeah. going to need braces? braces? And then what's yeah. your best idea? Here's a slip, go down the street two yeah. weeks later. So there's like, this is what they want. And so, so dentistry, it's easy. It's so far behind the curve of retail. Like you go back to New York 300 years ago, it was all shop houses. You had this little bitty shop and you lived upstairs. Mm. And then the young kids that think, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to buy two of them, put them together. Mm. One plus one equals three. And the next generation said, no, one plus one plus one equals four. And then they kind of, they grew all the way to 250,000 square feet. Uh, We're up to 12 specialties right now. Um, All the specialists still are little animal sapiens that come out and they want to pee on all four corners of their yard and and mark their territory. When I tell the special, they come out of school, you're, you're an endodontist. Why would you need a land building and all this stuff? You should go into where the customers already are. So all these little innovations, they're all incrementally add up, just, just like with viruses. I mean, we start out with HIV in 1985 and, and these young kids today, graduating during the pandemic, they don't realize the brutal changes we made back in the day. Just getting, I mean, right now, look at all the pushback with the mask. I mean, you just ask an American to wear a mask and half of them are ready to shoot you. You know how hard it was to get the dentist to wear gloves? Same same thing. So, yeah. you know, we had to go to gloves, to this, to that. Yeah. And it's just slow incremental improvements. And we're all going to get there eventually. Sure. Um, now, and that's just the game. But so let's say you uh, you have you have all the money in the world. Let's say you have $10 million and you want to set up, you know, another two days dental. Uh, two days dental. Uh, a second location uh, at uh, in present scenario what would how would you set that up what would be like for example uh, kind of staff what technology how would you bring in more patients or uh, would you do full arch cases you want to do bread and butter dentistry what what do you think is the ideal ideal today's dental second location right now today okay so there's so there's actually two answers to that because if you're the chef, um, you know, if you're the chef and you want to do this type of dentistry, say, say you want to do full mouth rehab, all on fours. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> you need to be a dentist first. That's four years college, four years dental school. You're going to need 10 years experience. That 20 year process to get to be that guy that's the Beverly Hills cosmetic dentist or the all on four implantologist, mm-hmm. that's all great for one guy pushing his lawnmower, but it's not scalable. Okay. It's not anything you can set up uh, a, a McDentals and just go find, yeah. you know, a thousand people that can do that. Right. So, so I always look at the, um, um, you know, the, the, the most indefensible protection you have is the low cost provider. Uh, and, and if you're, if you're the, I mean, look at McDonald's, I mean, you, you can bad mouth it all you want, but my God, that's an amazing big Mac 
for a couple of bucks with no reservation, pull up to the drive-thru, maybe one or two cars ahead of you. You got that baby in your hand yep. in three minutes. Sure. So I always look at the, um, I always look at the, 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 the median. So there's 8 billion people. I'm shooting right down the middle. Um, I want to make an impact on oral health that's measured by disease missing and filled teeth rate. And um, so I'm trying to actually I'm trying to build something so that when I pass on mm -hmm. my grandchildren, I don't, I don't want my grandchild going to a dental office that's owned by mm -hmm. an insurance company because if Delta Dental owned all the dental offices, then where's my granddaughter going to go when she needs a dentist? Yeah. Um, and I don't care, you know, when, when you go into DSOs and they say things in the morning huddle, like now, remember every MOD is a, is a crown opportunity. So let's go through all the charts and, <laughs> and, oh, here's, here's our next patient, Howard's granddaughter. She's got three MODs. Those are all a crown op is like crown opportunity. You take an MOD amalgam that doesn't have recurrent decay and, and, you know, it has some fracture lines in it or whatever, and you prep that baby for a crown, a third of them are going to need a root canal within five years. Sure. And when you do a root canal in five years, general dentists do it, 10% will be, you know, so I, I, I want dentistry. Um, I just really wish dentists uh, would own dental offices. I'll give you some more examples. Like, Look at um look look at Miss uh, read the stories of Mr. Honda and Mr. Toyota. I mean, everything was in one center, just like Henry Ford. Henry Ford, Toyota, Honda, all the same. Um um McD uh, um um Disney, Walt Disney. He sure. lived in Disneyland above the fire station. My favorite banker, Jamie Dimon of all time. Yeah. He didn't even have a car in New York while he worked for Sam Weil of Citygate. And he doesn't have a car now as he lives on the deal in Chicago. I mean, well, he, he did a merger, so he got back to Manhattan. But the <laughs> thing is, the, the, these guys that live in their own place, I mean, talk about a different uh, set of dedication. And uh, just to make it... Uh, better, faster, easier, higher quality. But, um, and I'll give you some negative examples. Like look at Boeing. Boeing has had a horrible year. They had a couple of planes fall yeah. out of the sky. Yeah. Everyone died. Now, now think about this. The planes are made in Seattle. The fuselage is made in Kansas and the management's all in Chicago. Mm. And you say, well, why is that? Oh, the Seattle, the unions, you know, they're dysfunctional. So the management is fighting with their, the people and their planes are falling out of the sky and everyone dies because they're worshiping Wall Street. I don't worship money. I don't worship golden cows. Um, I, I try to remind my boys that, you know, I don't care how much money you have. You're going to have the same size tombstone and you're all going <laughs> to die anyway. Wouldn't you rather do the right thing? than be, I mean, look at these Egyptian, uh, look, look at the trinkets that King Tut was was yeah, buried with. Yeah. I mean, it, was that your whole life to get some King Tut trinkets in your casket when you when you die? And uh, so I I um so family first. You know, Eric, Greg, Ryan, and Zach. I give everyone them a liver, kidney, whatever they needed. Mm -hmm. Grandkids. Uh, um, grandkids are actually better than your kids. In fact, if you're ever thinking about killing your children, uh, don't because a grandchild is the reason you know you don't want to kill your children. They're they're actually better. But I look at dentistry and I, I worry about what is dentistry going to look like for Taylor when she's 17? Mm. You know what I mean? 
Anna or Gunner or Mason or Jasper or whatever. And um, so I, I have a very long-term perspective. So I would like that place to be dentist. If I was going to set up another case zone now, now getting back to a little more logistics, yeah. I saw in the franchisees business all the time, like my dad, I don't want to throw my dad under a bus, but I'm going to do it right now. He had five in Wichita and he had a management team in Wichita. Those things hummed, but in his walnut brain, he wanted to go national. So he put, went south, had one in Childers, Texas, went north, had one in Abilene uh, or Abilene, Kansas in Kearney, Nebraska. Then he went out east, had one in Louisville. Well, and those were the four summers of my high school. I, me, a cook, you know, we, we drove there. Uh, we got a hotel for three months. It was great mm-hmm. because, you know, dad's not there. But my God, you, he had a management team in Wichita that was critical, key capacity for five restaurants. And if he would have gone from five to nine in Wichita, it would have hummed. But those long outstretched things, that was, that was a very bad idea. And, and so with your parents, I'll tell you what, you know, a lot of people whine about their, their childhood. And when you're this old, you got an example of everything. Like, like I have friends whose dad was a horrible alcoholic, so they never, ever touched the stuff. I mean, I mean, they're, they're yeah. my age and they, they don't, they, they, they never drink period. In fact, one of my friends, Keith, he's never even tasted it. Because he, he, he ain't going to repeat that. Yeah. But, all, but then you got friends who blame their alcoholic. Well, you know, my dad was alcoholic. I'm just doing all my... So you're blaming... So, so forget the blame game and all that stuff. And, 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 and when people start looking at his stuff, I mean, if your best idea is to walk me over to a cemetery and start screaming at dead people and then tell me I got to give you money for some guy that died. You're, I mean, the, the, the bullshit's so deep, I can't even address it. But, but you are going to die, and I think that the long-term trend um, that comes out of all religion is treat other people better than you treat. And so if I had to redo a dental office, you know, I, it would be um, a quality-focused deal. And by the way, look at the DSOs. Um, you know, in the healthcare, we have Mayo Clinic. We have Scripps. We have, um, you know, um, Cleveland Center. You have all these um, in New York, you have the, um, what, what's a Sloan Ketter feedering. Yeah. I mean, you have the greats sure. dentistry. You just have McDonald's going for the suburbs. Not one DSO has even, even wants to be the Mayo clinic of the DSOs. So, Not one DSO wants to be the Cleveland clinic so, or the Sloan center. So, okay. Uh, so I think I got the idea about having a, a very quality oriented, uh, dental offices owned by dentists and not the insurance companies. That is what your goal would be as of now. So since we are already talking about DSOs and you've been in the game of dentistry for the last 30, 40 years easily, uh, my question is, why did you not try to develop your own DSO? That I think that's a great, great question. Um, mm-hmm. So I knew, and, and I did this, I, I have another business that I had that um. Um, I did. It was very successful. And mm-hmm. I just, uh, um, what do I do is that, you know, I knew that I could get a better location. Um, okay. I knew the demographics. I was picking retail locations. So back to dental school, um, it was junior year. I wrote the department of economic security. Sure. Asking for the same stuff yeah. that my dad, that everybody was getting for restaurants. Where's the jobs? Where's the growth? They told me in 80, he told me in, I uh, graduated in 87. 
I got to Montreal in 87, but the reports were from 85 that said from 85 to 2000, the United States would create 30 million new jobs and half them be in five sure, cities. Sure. Turned out it was, there was right. It was Silicon Valley. It was Orange County. It was Phoenix. It was Tampa and Boston. Awesome. And in my walnut brain, uh, Boston was cold. cold. I've been to Florida one time. It's yep. too many insects. And growing up in Kansas, I thought everybody in California was a hippie, hippie. on drugs, you know, <laughs> and, and then I looked at, so, so, by process of elimination, and it only left me Phoenix. So then I wrote the Phoenix Economic Security, and they gave me um, the 70, 80, 85 mini census. I got a six foot by four foot map. I traced out the 303 census tracks, sure. no computers. I had an index card. It was just simple. So, like, dentist per how many? Yeah. Um, median average household, number of car, blah, 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 blah. And I found um, my location, and um, and uh, that that's how I did it back then. Um, but now, what why was, not DSO? Why not create your own DSO? But, but so, so, so I took that and I said, well, that's, that's the only knowledge. So when I opened up my office, um, you know, I found this, uh, Safeway, Walgreens, Chase Bank, Pizza Hut, Chicken House. And there was another one four miles down the road. So I actually, when I signed, I, I signed, uh, the second location like six months later. And I, but I did it differently. I, I signed the, um, uh, so I always got into my offices with no money down because I would just go there and the landlord, yeah. um, you know, with them. he said yeah. $15 a square foot for three years. I said, I'll pay $20 a square foot for five. He said, what am I going to do with the extra money? I said, you're going to do the build out. You built this 16 acre thing. You can build this shit for 30 cents on the dollar of what some dumb dentist can do for a thousand square feet. Um, and then I go at the time it was health code. They didn't go bankrupt. till I think about 93, 94. And, um, I picked out all my stuff, health code loaded up. And then I signed a five year lease to own. So 60 payments later, I own it. So the second one, then I go find someone who, who, who's come out of school. They've been out of school three or four years. They've gone from dental kindergarten school to now they can talk to, patients sure, sure. and do routine stuff yeah. and i was looking for someone in the sweet spot about four or five years out but for some reason they just it just not coming together mm. so i hired them for an associate but said look i'm gonna pay you 25 percent of what this thing collects and i'm not micromanaging it, it, it you run into this thing like it's your office and then for the team um i got to sacrifice my worst assistant my worst receptionist my worst hygienist and upgrade to new ones remember jack welsh every mm. year he would fire the bottom 10% of his uh, yeah. sales team mm. and everybody called a neutron Jack, but it sure as shit worked. So I, I um, got rid of all my, uh, my varsity, my uh, junior varsity team. And then I looked at her numbers. And after about 18 to 24 months, I had all the accounting. And I went to my banker at the time was Darlene wing. And I said, what, what do you think? And she goes, nice, nice business, nice cash flow." And I said, look at the SBA loans. They go 24 years. What do you think? 250. We worked out the deal to 250. It was like a thousand dollar a month payment or something crazy. Sure. And then, and then I walked in there during business hours when she was working there and she was like, God, did someone die? I haven't, I haven't seen you here. And you know, uh, never. Uh, and, um, I said, Hey, um, congratulations. Uh, you're doing so good. In fact, you're doing so good. If you sign right here, this whole damn thing's yours. And oh my God, it, it was the most romantic moment. I mean, she was so happy. She was the owner operator. She took and ran. But I always thought that the dentist is the product. The mm. dentist is the product. It's not the, 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 you can have group advertising. You can have some guy picking a great location. But, but, and, and, and by the way, I cannot tell you how many DSOs have tried to buy me. And I'm sure the formula for buying me 
is a little juicier than the one for buying a no name because they, they, they want a brand name. They're, 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 they've told me yeah, they fly out in their jet and try to buy it. And I, I've never done it because I don't I don't believe that. I, I believe that dentistry um, the whole industry begins when a patient walks up to you with a coin or a piece of or whatever the currency is, tobacco, U.S. Yeah. dollar, whatever mm-hmm. the current. When, when that patient gives you a coin and says, will you fix my teeth? Sure. That's where dentistry starts. It's, it's patients. It starts at the patient mm-hmm. handing a dentist a coin. And now it's all messed up with the, the patient. Like, well, I'm not paying for this. Uh, not with my money. We're going to pay for this other people's money. We're going to get the government or my employer to pay for this. And the dentist says, well, I want to do this, but the government and the employer won't yeah. let me do this. So I, and all they do is screw it all up. And now the DSOs are coming along saying, well, um, we got a, a layer of management. And at first it was great because you would go in and, and I, I'm, I'm probably going to do that. That's probably what I'm going to do after the pandemic next. Um, because I've, um, so it just, it just, it's a good fit now are you, to where, are you to where when that, you, sorry to interrupt here. Are you no, saying, no. um, the reason I have to interrupt you is because there's so much to ask. Yeah. I have, <laughs> there's so much to ask <clears throat> and I want to pick your brain for everything, you know? Uh, so are you trying to say that you're going to hoping, hopefully going to start, uh, your own DSO? Um, not well. Okay. So we're looking at terminologies. <laughs> uh, DSO, a dental service organization. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, when they are the majority of them, sure. I mean like 80% of them are four locations or less. Yeah. And those are very, very good because l- let's say you go to Parsons, Kansas, or let's say you go to any town with, uh, mm-hmm. with a hundred thousand, um, the average town, um, the, um, uh, America has a dentist for every 2000 people. So you go to a town of a hundred thousand, there should be at least 50 dentists there. And, but when, but you can't do, you don't have any scale with one. So like if I'm in a small town of $250,000, I can't go on the low cost radio, which is almost free. The TV ads in the middle of the night. I can't do any of this stuff because I'm only on the South side of this small town. Sure. And people are seeing this on the northeast downtown. And when you and when you just get um, the dentist wears too many hats. I mean, it's so damn hard to learn the dentistry because they're trying to. Um, I'm trying to think of where I just posted this, but uh, they're trying to. Um, um, let me let me find this. Uh, the list of uh, uh, what I what I do. I ought to just retweet this damn thing so I could uh, see it again. But um, you know, we have twelve specialties now mm-hmm. and um my gosh you just can't um you can't learn um all these things let me let me see where where did i put that list um i should be coming up to it any second now um where is that list of dentist um god i thought i just uh just saw this right here but any anyway um there it is. So the 12 dental specialties, oral surgery, they, these are most to least that the, the most in demand to come into your general dentist office, oral surgery, endodontics, periodontics, pediatric dentistry, ortho, proso, dental anesthesia, oral facial pain, oral med, oral path, oral radiology, dental public health. I mean, um, you know, to... So you're in this office and you're in the South and someone comes in and says... Um, well, is my daughter going to need braces? Now you got to send her to an orthodontist. Um, I can't do radio advertising um, because three fourths of the town it doesn't cover it. But you know, if but the, but they have one layer of management, 
where they can just, the dentist wearing too many hats. And by the, by the way, the, the number one way you're going to quit wearing so many hats is it's all going to specialty. 1900, there were no specialties. 2000, dentistry had nine. It's 2020, they're up to 12. And you can't learn everything to know about oral surgery, endo, perio, pedo, ortho, no, pros, dental anesthesia. But, but, where are you, but going you, with- you look at the CE market and these dentists like, well, I want to learn Invisalign and all on four. Okay. I hope you're on acid when you just said that. You're going to learn all on four. That's like the climbing Mount Everest for just implantology. Sure. Oh, and on the side, you're going to do Invisalign. I mean, it's just crazy. But when you have that DSO with one layer of management, you can have HR, you can have advertising. And you can have specialists that rotate. So you have one-stop shop. Now, those work beautifully. And those are magical DSO terms for me is north, south, east, west. Just think of the word news, news. The the dental news Mm. is north, east, west, south. But it's that second layer of management where then the big guys come in and buy them. And then they want another seven, 14 to seven, let's just say 15% off the top. Well, shit, my lab and supplies isn't 15%. What the hell could you do for my office? So are you trying to say that would equal lab and supplies? So are you trying to say that's a Wall Street? And that's why Wall Street won't let any of them go public because it doesn't even make sense. The you, first layer makes sense. The second yeah. layer is 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 laughable. It's so, a, actually a joke. So are you trying to say that, you know, uh, the first layer of DSO is still makes sense profitability wise, but you think if you need to expand, you need to have two layers anyways because of these multiple specialities that has to be in the in the office to make sure the patients are being taken care of for all the specialities that's needed to be done. The moment you add that the DSO becomes non-profitable. I would say, I would say this, the first layer of DSO, um, we're going to call um, level one DSO is all, it's always about the consumer. You look at the value chain, the dentists are fighting with the lab man. They're fighting, you know, the, the orthodontist doesn't want them doing Invisalign and blah, blah. And they're fighting with the insurance companies because they think um, someone else should pay for everything mm-hmm. while they all fight. That's on the top line. The numerators um, divided by the denominator, which is the patient. It's always about the patient who started the whole industry by offering you a gold coin to fix their tooth. And with one layer, the patient's right here. The endodontist is over on the other side of town. The endodontist can come around. You know, they. Um, um, so the first layer is great. The second layer to connect them all together. Is, is, is like 15, 16, 17%. Now, if it was like a 3% fee for common marketing, common, even, even maybe 4%, maybe it would make sense. So for the second layer of so scale, why do you think the first layer of scale is better for the consumer? The second layer of scale right now is designed to only benefit Wall Street. So why do you think, uh, DSOs are still booming? You know, they are being, bought at six to 10 times a bit though, right? But why do you think they're booming at this stage? Even, and everybody knows they all, they all are at loss, you know, just like Amazon was at loss at one of their initial stages and they captured the market. Is that the reason that's, that's, that's how the DSOs are being made right now? So again, think? that's, that's the advantage of me being an old dog. I mean, 
the advantage is not only do I have diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and erectile dysfunction, but I already lived through this with Orthodontic Centers of, of America when Gaspar Lazarus took OCA to a billion-dollar valuation. And, and let me follow up on Gaspar because sure. look at look at today. He's in the news again um, because the first thing he did, you got, you got to look at their intention. They're good guys. They're not evil. They, you might not agree or disagree. I, I think Gasper's a great guy, but the orthodontist, um, their union doesn't agree. The AAO out of St. Louis, because when he did um, Orthodontic Centers of America, he'd buy out the old rich guy for premium, and then he'd put in a new guy, sure. and he'd tell the old guy he had to stay for, say, three years. Yeah. Well, that the minute that guy left, what that orthodontist built up from 25 to 65, some kid out of dental kindergarten school... You know, it'd take him 20 years to get that place. And the whole thing collapsed. And it, but, but when he had the money, he personally opened up three other ortho schools because he knows supply and demand. He wants Orthodontic Centers of America. So the more orthodontist, the better it is for supply and demand if you own OCA. Mm. And it's better for the patient because if you double the number of orthodontists, the price of ortho is going to come down. And he's at the University of Georgia um, orthodontic program and they just announced today they got funding they're going to start two more ortho schools mm. now what will the response be from the aao the american association of orthodontists out of st louis they're going to say oh that's great there'll be more orthodontists available and accessible to all the people mm-hmm. oh shit no yeah they're, they're gonna i it's mean gone. look at look at how they treated mm. smiles direct club i mean yeah. when when it when, when any when technology makes anything else faster, easier, better, cheaper, everyone loves it. But oh my God, Smiles Direct Club! You, I, I almost thought when I met the guy, it, he'd have horns and a forked tail blowing fire out of his rear end. So, so healthcare is only lucrative because of its union. And when anybody says something about union, they always think of some, well, that poor guy, I believe in unions. That poor man ought to be able to have a union. Mm. There ain't no poor people in a union because poor people don't have any money. The unions are paid by pilots, doctors, dentists, lawyers. They're called the state board of examiners who won't let any unlicensed dentists uh, from uh, Mexico come up here and do $10 fillings, which would wipe out the dental market for the poor. So the poor would love it. But the rich people, the rich dentists would rather have the poor have no access to care by their state board, which the government made. So the government gets in collusion, creates these state boards, makes it so expensive, the poor man doesn't have or afford health care. And the poor man's so stupid, he's like, he goes to the guy who created the whole system and says, well, it's so messed up after what you did. But Will you that, fix it for me? But isn't that... I mean... Wh- sorry, uh, um isn't that what a capitalist economy anyways is? Well, I, I would say I would say that Karl Marx was an economist mm. and no one to this day ever, ever did a communism experiment. I mean, that that experiment was snapped out of his hand, out of Lenin's hand. And then you had uh, Stalin come in. He killed 25 million people. Sure. And to call America capitalism is a comedy. It's comical. What it is, there's a there's one million MDs and there's one million attorneys. And the attorneys are the brokers. And they the first thing they did is took over the whole government. Almost everyone in Congress and Senate and the Supreme Court, they're all lawyers. And they broker between the government, which is just force. You can't 
run a country without force and all governments, they all start with bloodshed and they all end with bloodshed. So in 5,000 years of recorded history, it was always a military government. Now you might call this one socialism, democracy, common, oh, democracy. So every four years I get to pick between an ass <laughs> and a donkey, a, you know, and, and, and well, I get two choices. Did you want the red did you want the red elephant or the blue? Whatever this shit. I think and we we are gonna keep away from the political. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, know, so to call yeah. to to call um, that yeah. uh, significant, it started with a revolution against England. Yeah, and it'll end with a revolution. Whatever yeah. you want to call it, in the middle doesn't matter. But what the lawyers did is they went to the business class. And they negotiated in 1900 uh, this uh, state board of dental examiners, medical examiners, because there was too much competition. So they always disguise as, well, we're trying to protect you. There's guys going around the country and, and all their, all their medicines have opium and heroin and alcohol. And what we decided is best for the consumer <laughs> is to close down 90% of all the schools, take away everybody's license unless we give you permission and, and, and then and then you'll be regulated. And we're doing it all for you while their income goes from yeah. straight up. And, and look look at the look at the what they do with the drug deal. So so my my musician buddy Prince is dead. Why? Mm -hmm. Because even though he has a jet, he can't buy Vicodin, so he has to buy it illegally. And they keep saying that fifty thousand Americans are dying each year from the opioid industry. I don't see any of the data. Every time there's an autopsy, the guy's got four or five different stuff in there. There's opium, fentanyl. There's all this cut because it's all made illegal. So the government makes it illegal to go to Walgreens to get Vicodin mm -hmm. made by a pharmaceutical company. Mm -hmm. And he forces you to go buy it from some guy who made it from God knows where. And even when 50,000 Americans die each year, that doesn't mean they're going to, the government's going to scale back on the DEA and their government jobs and, and the, the police and the, the government mob never is going to say we're wrong. The healthcare well, boards are never going to say we screwed this up so bad that we're just going to unregulate it. They say, no, well, the first land of regulation was a nightmare. So we're going to do a second level. Maybe it'll fix the first level. The government is always the problem. And that's what scares me the most well, about all the millennials is you look at all these problems the government created and they, they're running back to the government to solve them. The government created the problem. And the way to solve it is to deregulate it and get them out of the picture. Uh, but, you know, it's it, that's the 5,000-year journey. I'll give you an example of why I'm so optimistic. Sure. I mean, right now they're talking about the NFL having mm. concussions. Mm, mm. Well, yeah. that's that's comical. I mean, in Rome, you were the games you were eaten by lions. lions. <laughs> I mean, we've gone from you're eaten by a lion to have a concussion. I think that's... A, a successful journey. You know what I mean? You're going the well, right way and everything's good. I just think it's going to take it, the pyramids were 5,000 years ago and it's going to be probably 5,000 more years before we cross the finish line. So that's why you focus and you choose your battle correctly. And my battle, my Lair 1 is family first. The boys and Lair yeah. 2 is business and you just make incremental improvements. Sure. But if you just sat down and thought about how overwhelmingly far we got to go, then if you actually understand where the goalpost is in 5,000 years, my God, you'd probably 
drink yeah. yourself to death. Well, uh, so. as I said, uh, we're going to uh, refrain ourselves to get into uh, too much uh, politics. Um, uh, I'm sure we can co- uh, talk about it forever. Your uh, consultation in the first speaker gig. Uh, I think that was a good, interesting story that you had when you had uh, your first experience and your uh, as a speaker uh, in New York, Manhattan, where you had dental mania as your as your experience <laughs> right uh, i think yeah. the name itself is so funny um and uh, I, so my question would be how you got that gig everybody knows that probably but maybe uh, you should no, talk I, about it no i was self promoted N- nobody nobody knew who I was i mean i graduated yeah. in 87 i was 24 so, so yes you were you self promoted that gig I, i i read that or heard it wherever um but what made you at that if that moment to try promoting or self promoting yourself what was your motivation at that stage to do to become a a speaker uh at that stage yeah that that was i was just throwing my name in the ring because it's not what you know i mean there's 8 billion people it's not what you know it's what you know with who you know and you're going to be a, you know everybody knows that you're a summary of the five people you hang around with so yeah if you want to go from hanging around with five people in dental school that were the only five that you knew that weren't married and loved to drink and listen to the rolling stones and if and I knew I knew one little piece because when I opened up my office I just did the sonic drive in demographics for my location yeah. I gave my second best choice to another dentist from uh UMKC he crushed it up there um everything was going great and I thought wow I stumbled on upon something that okay. I actually know one thing so I'm going to go out there and tell them what I know because hmm. if I tell them what I I know they'll tell me what they know. Mm-hmm. So it was the same thing when I opened up my practice. My first marketing was I got a map of 85044 and I walked down every street. It took me 6 months, yeah. knocked yeah. on every door and every person that came to the door I said, "My name's Howard Ferran and I'm that <laughs> new dentist you know by Safeway and and uh um by the bank and and Pizza Hut. That's me. I and I'm going to be here. I tell him I'm only 25. I'm going to be here till I'm 65 and here I am going to be 58 Saturday. I'm yeah. still going. And I said I just want to get out and meet the neighborhood and if you ever need anything, here's my phone number. So I was out there running for mayor of Ahwatukee and then I started lecturing. I wanted to become mayor of Dental Town. I have it. then when it went a digital electronic, I actually started at Dental Town. But if you if you just keep running for mayor in your physical town, in your dental town your professional town then what will happen is a uh, couple things happen number one when you think something that's wrong i love my dentist homies i mean it didn't have to be anything with dentist right i remember one time i wrote an article and i referred to um a world war 2's uh, patton mm. as a five star general mm. this is back with snail mail on the framework mm. i got no less than like two dozen letters or people are writing me a letter to tell me no he's a four star general so so many people go their whole life believing stuff that's wrong mm-hmm. and it's hard to get wrong shit out of your head but my god when you do a podcast or a lecture or write an article and you're just wrong i mean every time the dental town magazine goes out i'll get a couple hundred emails in fact i i could just read um, l- let me just start one to give an example sure. i'll just open up my email so my gosh <clears throat> okay employee 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 um what is uh uh but anyway um let, let me just sort of find a uh, um okay i'm not going to say his name over there cuz it'll get back to john in pennsylvania 
He goes, I just read the editorial on independent hygiene practice in the July issue of Dental Town. While I agree with the premise of improved access to care, I do have concerns that blah, 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 blah. So every thought you have, if you share it for free, you're going to get free editing, free advice, free spell checking. The spell checking annoys me the most. I'll never forget, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, you'll write like this great article or this great post and someone will say, uh, it's not T-H-E-I-R, it's T-A-T-R. <laughs> you know, it's like, good yeah, God. Look at that. I, I bet, I swear to God, I bet if Moses came down with the Ten Commandments and he gave them to dentists, <laughs> they'd all find one typo, one grammatical error. Uh, I mean, uh, but anyway, um, but I, think I, the, I love it. That's what, I, I share with my homies. And, and, and that's why um, the other thing, it's about trust. Like when I see someone with a with a tie around their neck and a suit and tie, I assume the tie is to keep the foreskin from going up over their head and, and they're all lying. And I appreciate And then when people say, well, why do people care what that Hollywood guy says? Like, like who cares what Willie Nelson thinks? Well, Willie Nelson's already admitted that he's stoned, that he hadn't paid his taxes and he's, you know, mm. wears his heart on sleep. So when he does tell you something, he believes it. Like, I love Dentistry Uncensored. I love it when people think I'm crazy because, well, okay, well, he's crazy, but well, the we'll question get to still that too. begs. <laughs> okay, okay, Howard's crazy. Let's forget Howard. But let's just go back to the question. So, yeah. you know, if, if I, I think if you say he's uncensored, he's unfiltered, he's uncrazy. Mm. Thank you. You just gave me a, a, an out of uh, pass. Sure. I, I, I'm a free out of jail. But the question still begs, what do you think of this? Yeah. You know, so yeah. what? And, and it's a straw man argument that when someone says, well, what do you think of this? And they just want to talk about the guy who posed the question. Right. Well, the guy who posed the question just consider he's in the graveyard. He's one of the 120 billion dead. The question still exists. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, so you got the first and the idea was that you would be uh, collaborating, learning from the other uh, colleagues, networking at that stage. That's why you self-promoted yourself. Now, um, I'm trying to understand uh, how did you get your second gig? The real gig where you were not self-promoting, actually. You were actually invited by somebody. How did you so get a that great, gig? So a great marketing is you, you give out the first sample for free. Okay. And if it's good, they come back and got another one. So what okay. I did to start my lecturing deal, sure. what I did back in the day, um, you know, I went and got a six foot by four foot map again, but this time mm. it's United States. It was the United States post office zip code map where in the Northeast, they all start with zero, then one, and Arizona's eight, California's nine. And uh, so there were, that was the map. There's 50 largest cities. There's 50 weeks in a year. I arranged them from uh, um, zero zip code to starting with nine <clears throat> in one hour on a calendar. I wrote down the cities in a deal. And then I had a formula. I'd mail all the dentists in zip code starting with zero for the these uh, dates of how many uh, Saturday lectures I was going to do with a zero. Um, the next mailing was zip codes that started with one. And so I mailed every, um, every dentist twice, um, six weeks before the seminar, two weeks before the seminar. And then I went to whatever hotel was at mm. the airport. I just fly in, do the airport holiday and whatever sure. the hell. The first one was August 4th, 1990. This is, um, August of 2020. So I just celebrated my, 30 years on the road. Yeah. And, and after I did the, um, my first tour 
50 Saturdays, 50 cities in 50 Saturdays. Um, and I'd say back then the, the average uh, per class size was probably uh, 10 to 15. Mm. And then, and then I, I, I did the tour four times before I had to stop. So the oh, second wow. time I did the tour, it was like, um, 25 to 30, maybe just gradually got up. But by the, but I couldn't, I had a hard time finishing the fourth tour because then the invitationals were taken over. And the reason I stopped the self promotion were more profitable than the little speaking gig, mm. but you're a kid. And the third person endorsement, I'd rather go speak for the Connecticut State Dental Association because that gives you a brand of where, well, these guys are all that in a bag of chips and they're bringing in this dumbass kid. He's only 27. <laughs> so I'll check him out. So I made more money promoting myself, but I built a better brand uh, letting other people bring me in. Okay. That's interesting. So, so that was your second Gig. Now let's move over to we've already touched Dental Town and Faran Media. Um and um did you say it was launched in nineteen ninety four? Uh Dental Town. Um Dental Town was uh St. Patrick's Day ninety nine. Ninety nine. So yeah. now it's been March seventeenth, I think it is. Okay. Yeah. Um and so what is the what is the biggest hurdle that you faced in expanding the dental town when you started in ninety nine? You were the only dentist and you opened up a forum, Dental Town. And on the, in those days, how did you bring in uh, dentists like wherever uh, parts of the world to, to come and, you know, start talking in the forum? How so, so what I, what I always did is, you know, I, I, um, I love business, you know, um, when I was 1980, when I went to Creighton, first course I took was a business course. Warren Buffett came in and talked to our class, yeah. the Oracle of Omaha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you have to be a classically trained, um, business economist and it always follows the technology. I mean, you, you look at the whole industrial revolution that all started with a steam engine hmm. and, um, it was so big and clunky that it could only pump water out of flooded coal mines, but everything gets faster, easier, better, lower cost and smaller. And as the steam engine got better, faster and smaller, they eventually fit on ships. And then you have the shipping industry sure, when they got sure. to New York. It was kind of, so I was always on the lookout for the next big thing. A lot of those things follow infrastructure. Like after world war two and America's built the whole freeway system mm -hmm. That changed a lot. Like right now, um, I'm having a hard time focusing on anything because this pandemic turned the whole world upside down and it sure. will not restack up. You can't take the whole chessboard, throw it against the wall and have all the pieces land in the same place. But when something breaks out and it's new, you know that's the next big thing because it's faster, easier, higher quality, lower costs, and smaller. And when I saw that internet come out, I, I just admit I wear my heart on a sleeve. In 94, when Amazon went public, I said, that is the dumbest idea I've ever heard <laughs> because I, I, I was on an AOL dial-up. It took forever to download this thing. It was, it was just like, yep. you've got to be yep. out of your mind. Um, I didn't realize the pipes would get, I didn't realize all this stuff, but sure, you sure, do sure. realize people are throwing money at it and you mm -hmm. all have the same brain. There's 8 billion people and they pretty much all have the same brain. I know a lot of humans say, well, I'm, a, I'm really smart. I, I was the smartest guy in my class. That's like going to an anthill and saying, see that ant over there? That's the smartest ant on the anthill. I mean, I mean, I mean, come on. Uh, when you see a pot of dolphins, do you try to look for the smartest one? They're all dolphins. They're all dogs. I got four dogs. 
Now I could, I could write a book thinking that I think Bambi is smarter than Mowgli, but it's all full of shit. I mean, I, you know, it's basically a dog. And, and so when something comes out and you got to ask yourself, is this going to be better, faster, easier, higher quality? And, and what sold me in one second is, um, you know, you always look inward yourself. Does this solve a problem? Who cares what Wall Street analysts say about Boston market? If you're thinking about investing in Boston market, I think you ought to go over there yourself and eat Boston market. I think you ought to look around and say, are other people eating it? I think you ought to lean over the next table and say, hey, is this the first time you're eating here? And she says, no, I eat here once a week. And then you go to the employees, look for the turnover. Well, who's worked here? The When did this uh, store open? Oh, it's been open two years. Well, who who was here opening day? Oh, the the same manager. And you start seeing all these trends uh, and and what's going good. And for me, it was all happened in 1998. Um, I and, you know I um when I came home and I was stressed out about something, and I told everyone I loved what my problem was. All they would do is say they'd say a prayer. If I told my mom, I think I screwed up a root canal and, they're, mm. and it's probably not going to work. I'll say a novena. If I told my dad, well, tomorrow at mass, I'll offer my mass up. Everyone that I leaned on could only burn a candle or say sure. a prayer. Um, and, uh, and I wanted to talk to another dentist. And then one night I was on this internet and I was at an ESPN website Mm -hmm. and I saw two idiots talking about football and I thought, Oh my God, I'd cut off my own leg to be able to talk to a dentist about my problems. So the next day I um, found Ken Scott and it took him a whole year to, to program it. And then we opened it up. um, Thanks. uh, St. Patrick's day, 99. And, um, and um, we were four or five years before, I think we were four years before Facebook. So that was my stupid mistake. I was so dumb. I made it for the dentist. If I would have made it for the 2000 <laughs> patients, that would have been a Twitter, yeah. Pinterest, so, Facebook, whatever. Well, so how did, so how did you expand Deltown? I think that's what I'm trying to ask. Of course, we all know the genesis of Deltown right now, ESPN, your friend, Ken Smith, and so on. But, well, how did you expand on it? Nobody talks about nobody talks about the expansion of downtown. You know, because creating a forum, you know, I created one, to be honest. Let me start there. I created one for my own friends and all just like a Facebook group, whatever. You know, at that time Facebook wasn't so popular. So I created one for a forum and I did. But I could not really bring them in to talk into to talk uh, between each other. How did you do that at that stage in ninety nine? So so it's a lot of things coming together right so i already started lecturing so i was out there i had the Mm. dentist's attention every once a week i lectured i think uh, looking back i think um um it was 36 to 64 times a year uh you know the first uh um 20 years or however long i kept track of it or whatever um so i had that audience and then I would listen to the customer. You you have to listen to your staff. You have to listen to your patients. You have to listen to your children. You just can't, every time someone tells you something, you can't try to convince them something else. Like, like we can debate about, 
um, how old you are. We can, we are, or your weight. We can stand you on deal and you can say you weigh 500 pounds and I can say, no, indeed you weigh 200 pounds. We can argue about anything measurable, but I, we can't argue about feelings. And these dentists, you know, they always say shit and people always say one thing and do another. So on the circuit, they were all saying they couldn't stand any of the dental rags, throwaways, it's all a bunch of advertising bullshit. And then I made myself available. So like when I flew in, if one dentist said, hey, can I pick you up the airport? Hell yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm with my homies. And and they were always telling me the stuff. And I started saying, oh my God, you know, um, I wish there was a way we could try that. So I started a, a, uh, a newsletter, no advertising, $10 an issue, $120 a year. And hundred percent of dentists told me they didn't like the dental rags because they had advertising and you see it. There'll be an article about this product and it's the same speakers. And in NASCAR, they wear all the badges, Mm -hmm. but in dentistry, they wear a suit and tie and the tie is to keep all the badges from coming up over their head. (laughs) They're all paid salesmen, spokespersons, just like NASCAR, but NASCAR, it says this is sponsored by Tide Soap. Dentistry, you have to be a little smart to realize, okay, this guy's named nine endodontic products during this lecture, and they're all for Dentsply, Serona, Tulsa Dental. And and then you follow their careers, and sometimes all of a sudden they switch like, they just listed, they they went from listing all Dentsply, Serona to 3M SP. Yeah. Oh, there's been a shakeup. Someone sure. outbid, you know, something, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I listened to them and I had the friend report 94, 95, 96, 97, 98. So I had it five years. It was 4,000 people giving me a $10 every month. So the market overwhelmingly rejected this idea of advertising free. The 150,000 general dentists would just, they'd say, well, you know, I can barely read the free ones. Dude, you told me they were all shit. Mm. Well, uh, 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 you know, we see the same thing now. Like I have rich dentists on downtown. I'll post an article from the New York Times about dentistry and I'll get four private messages. Uh, Howard, there's a uh, firewall on that thing. Do you do? do, Can you cut and paste the article? Hey, dumbass. They have journalists. They have a building. They have electricity. (laughs) They need food. They have water. Did you know journalists take a shit during work and they need a toilet and flush it, wash their... I mean, dentists are crazy. And um, so then I came out with Dentaltown. And then I thought, well, you know, the advantage of Dentaltown to build a community Mm. is not telling the same 4,000 people each month. And it's not about me going to lecture to 25, 50, 100 people every Saturday. Mm. What I had to do is flip the business model, mail it to everybody for free, and then paid for by advertising. So because of Dentaltown's need to build a community, I flipped the business model from subscription only, which I think five years, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, five years of proof that only 4,000 general dentists out of 150,000 would pay for journalism. Now it's the same homo sapien. We might have gone from telegraph to telephone to internet, but here it is 30 years later, and the same rich dentist won't even buy a subscription to the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Barron's. They sure, even sure. won't pay for journalism. Mm. So that's where we're at now. So that's where you have to go with it is what it is. So, now, I'm not going to the rest of my life fight dentists on that. That's where you navigate from. You don't mm. go fight that. That's your starting point as a business analysis of where the market is. Got, got it. So, <clears throat> so you flip the business model, and uh, are you trying to say uh, how? Though basically, the downtown is being uh, 
profitable. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's only because of the advertisements. Uh, what because you have yeah. So it's an advertising model. So so yeah. Facebook, Facebook, and Google only have one business. They only have one revenue model. It's just yeah. advertising. It's advertising. Whereas Microsoft has seven different revenue models. Sure. But yeah, Dentaltown has a couple business models, but they're all advertising. You can either buy a banner ad on the website. Yeah. You can buy an email blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can buy um, you know an ad in the magazine. Sure. But it's mm-hmm. all ad based. We it. do have um, online CE, but. Um, I made that free. I thought that was more important than money. So from 2004, the first 10 years, we made it free. Uh, but the problem with free is that you can't build any infrastructure. You can't bring on Howard Goldstein and yeah, our yeah. people. So yeah. when, when, when everything's free, you just have no money to build anything with. Mm. So the online CE, and so there's something. Now, now look at Big Delta. Mm. Delta is the biggest guy in the block you would think delta would look at online ce and say my gosh i mean if anybody has the economic incentive that this dentist does the root canal right the first time and doesn't have to be retreated in five years it would be delta dental Mm. so lock on the delta dental site guess how many hundreds and hundreds of online ce courses they have i don't know yeah i don't either I haven't found one yet, you know, so, so people, so people don't always follow their best advice, but I, I admit to it. I mean, I'm 58 years old. Sometimes I go out drinking. I know my 58 year old Irish liver uh, shouldn't, <laughs> should not do this, but I'll do that and eat a cheeseburger. I mean, humans are irrational. Humans make up business. They're irrational. Um, you said, don't talk about politics. I don't ever like to talk about religion, sex, politics, or violence, unless it's specifically uh, is about the example in dentistry, but sure. humans are, they're more sapien than they are human being. We're on a journey from a wild ass homo sapien that killed off homo neanderthal, homo hapless, <laughs> homo denosovan. I mean, there were a dozen homos. In fact, when someone, when anybody says homo sapien, I go, homo sapien. Well, I'm, I'm a sapien, but who's the other homo? I mean, that's, that's up, a, up a gene. Uh, are there other homos? Because I'm pretty sure we killed them all. We're crazy ass animals, and we're on a way to be humans. Right. But we got so, five thousand years to get there. So, um, so where do you think uh, finally downtown is heading to? Yeah, or or in in generic way, I would say, where do you think downtown slash Ferran Media is heading to in next three to five years? Well, okay, so that's a classic example. So remember when I told you that um. I was like a couple of years out of school. Sure. Um, I gra- graduated. I was, um, I was born in 62, graduated in 87. So what is that? Um, 25. And I got into this dental office with no money down, mm-hmm. down the mm-hmm. street and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like that. And then I, and then I sold it to her and I got a check for 250 grand. Mm. And I can remember, you know, sitting there looking at that check for pretty much the night, you know, just, having a night off with the Rolling Stones and your wife and just like, son mm. of a bitch. That's <laughs> so you would think and my dad and Dan Carney, the founder of pizza hut and um, Dan Carney flew out here and he said, I want to go into business with you on this deal. This is awesome. And I, I want to write you a check for the next eight. And, um, and then um, Roger Carpenter was the, was the biggest guy I knew at Sonic driving. He had like a hundred locations and he was ready to be an investor and I just, just like my dad, when I told my dad I want to be a dentist, he's like, a dentist? 
He goes, God dang, every one of these franchisees, their boys are getting into it, but it takes you eight years to be a dentist. He says, you can have three or four Sonics by the time you graduate and be a millionaire. Furthermore, this is what he said. And if you're going to spend eight years of school to be a doctor, at least be a real doctor. What the hell are you going to be a dentist for? <laughs> and, uh, and the bottom line was I, I liked, I was, I liked what I saw with Kenny. Mm. And this thing was the, that was the meanest, leanest, cleanest cash flow I ever did. So I did another one on like a Dobson and Ray. And I, I think on that business model, um, I did a few of those things, but it wasn't fun. Mm. Um, I, so, I mean, I'm 58. I, I, you know, I can never whine or cry that I worked this hard or this, because I don't ever have to do anything. So my boys, and they always remind me, you know, I'll say, oh my God, I can't believe you decided, blah, blah, blah. And they always say, well, dad, you must love it because you don't, you didn't have to do any of it. You just kept doing it. So I would, um, I would say that I was repurposed this year because during the pandemic, I mean, we were closed down from St. Patrick's Day to Cinco de Mayo. And these dentists were, had a lot of time on their hands. So the traffic on dental town and, you know, all social media and and, uh, podcasts, everything doubled for me. But I was, I was, making sure that um, they were getting all the most relevant, best at uh, information, PDFs, you know, whatever the Where hell. do you think? Where do you think Dentaltown is going to in the next three to five years? Well, number one, Dentaltown is a 20-year-old technology. I mean, the, the, I mean, I mean, guys, mm-hmm. Amazon went public in 94 and today he, Jeff Bezos just went over $200 billion of net worth and that's after a divorce. I mean, son yes. of a gun to get divorced and then pass 200 billion. That, that guy needs to write three more books. But I'm always wondering, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like this. I mean, think about this. They came out with the silent movies and they came out with Edison's phonograph. And those monkeys, those were two separate things for 40 years before one guy scratched his butt and said, well, why don't we put the chocolate on the peanut butter and make make sound and the movie? Um, so humans have a, I mean, I mean, they, they went from, the Roman, the falling of the Roman Empire, 500 to 1500, there was no gain economically. A millennium with no economic growth. 40 years of looking at silent movies and records before they add them together. Humans are lazy because that conserves food and energy. Um, they're, they're not, um, they live 100 years. So when you look at all the species that live 100 years, like turtles, they're slower than shit. They're slow. I mean, you look at a human, it's mostly on the couch, sitting in a chair, laying on a bed. They don't move fast. It's not like a hummingbird. I mean, if we had so, the metabolism of a hummingbird, we'd melt. Yeah. So um, so there's absolutely three or four new technologies. Like like everybody talks about Bezos and um and Elon. Well, who's the Elon in the batting cage? Who's the next Amazon? What's the technology they're looking at? Like when they figured out how to make rockets, Elon didn't figure yeah. that shit out. He's like Steve, he's like Bill, um, he's like um, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs couldn't write. I mean, Steve Jobs um, was a leader. He didn't know any of the technical stuff, but he always tried to brand himself that it was all his technology and his idea, how they stole mm-hmm. half of it from park research and all that stuff like that. But he, he got the job done. That's why he's the man because he got it done. But humans are, Turtles live a hundred years slower than rocks, and that technology for that rocket 
to land back down was a decade ago, but no one looked at it. No one talked about it. So I always wonder, uh, for all things dentistry, um, what is been what was invented five, ten years ago that a bunch of tortoises and turtles? Do you want to be the tortoise or the turtle? We'll we'll decide who's going to be who right now. And uh, you know they'll they'll look at that shit. For 10, 20, 30, 40 years before they'll act on it. So I'm always looking for that next big thing that's going to make everything faster, easier, better, higher quality, lower cost. And it's family first. So uh, like Dentaltown was, was for me. I mean, I, I was, I wanted to talk to another dentist. I was a young kid and I wanted to show you an x-ray. I just wanted to be able to text you and show you a clinical photo and an x-ray so you yeah. could help me co-diagnose yeah, we, a deal. We all got and that. I, we all got that uh, advantage of dental town, but I'm with the new technology that might be coming up soon, you know, next three years, five years, you don't know what could it be. Uh, it could be artificial intelligence. It, it was already invented five years ago. It just hasn't surfaced yet. Yeah. Uh, or which has already been out. What? Where do you think Dental Town is gonna be? Um, is it? You think it's gonna expand? It's gonna. Um, it's gonna expand into something else. Uh, is it gonna be around? Is it going to do something? What, what is your vision about Dental Town for the next three to five years? If you have any right now. Yeah. Well. So first of all, so there's uh, you know um, this uh, uh, Don Casey this. CEO of Dense Place Run, um, they, they think there's a million dentists that buy stuff from them, right? Okay. And then there's probably another million dentists that aren't wealthy enough to buy stuff from them. So, so this product, I mean, you don't have to be all things, all people, but when you have 2 million dentists, this product as is will last a long time. I mean, there, there's people, I've met dentists in, 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 the, uh, in very poor areas. They're just now getting this on their Android phone. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I remember going to, uh, you know, I've been in um, Sudan, Somalia. Where was it? Tunisia. I think it was, uh, wasn't, it was either Tanzania or uh, Somalia. But anyway, couldn't believe it. Um, you know, whenever I'm on a town and you're going in a city and you see a dentist, I always walk in there. This beautiful little Muslim girl and she's all in her um Bail, sorry, uh, whatever, and her assistant and everything. And um, she just got her Android phone hmm. and she just got YouTube. And she said that every single night she would go to YouTube and type in dentistry and just watch videos. And then lucky for me, she had found Dentaltown about a year before. And by the way, on those courses for Dentaltown, which cost like $18 for the course, whatever, we only charge rich dentists in the 20 richest countries. They don't cost any money in the third world developing world. And when I go to Africa, I mean, I, I, I've had several people just like literally cry because they watch every one of those courses. And, um, so, so the, the, the latency of the rollout of this technology, like Dentaltown and YouTube is just still getting rolled out on Android. I mean, and that's the one okay. thing that, um, yeah, that, that rich countries got to realize that there are 8 billion people. But let's just reduce 8 billion to three people, right? One has a smartphone, one has a cell phone, and one doesn't have shit. And so the guy that doesn't have the smartphone, he's not even on the internet. He doesn't have YouTube. Mm. So he's not even going to be to the level of Dentaltown and YouTube. And that's why Elon Musk, bless his heart, is trying to put all these Starlink yeah. satellites out there together. Yeah. And for a bunch of astronomers say, well, that's going to hurt my view. 
Well, dude, one out of three people doesn't have an internet connection. I don't give a shit about your view, dumbass. <laughs> right. So I got the idea. Um, right. Um, I think let's switch gear a little bit from downtown for on media. And uh, I think we've touched again COVID-19. Uh, with your crystal ball, you know, um, where do you think dentistry is going uh, in, in terms of COVID-19? Is it going to get better, worse, stay the same um, in the next six months, let's say? Okay, so, you know, you, there's no future, uh, you know, it, you know, telling me where the stock market's going to go. And when you tell anybody about the future, the, you're, you're already disconnected from any form of reality. So we can go back and look at snapshots of the past sure. that are like Polaroid pictures under box. So we know there's been like six mass extinction level events. We know those are mm -hmm. probably exploding stars. We know we shouldn't be building buildings up. They should be building down unless you like to catch an exploding star. This is a new virus. Um, it's been out six months. But it looks nobody nobody has seen a pandemic. At first, they were talking about um, the waves and the summer burnout and the comeback of the wave, but that was all yeah. based on an, an influenza virus, and this is a coronavirus. Um, the best news I've seen has really just been recently in the last couple of weeks, where you see it probably spread a lot faster than anybody thought, and the people that died. Um, probably had the most extreme reaction, cytokine reaction to this virus. And you go back to March, it was like, you go into Italy, like if you sought care at a hospital, like seven and a half percent died. And then it got down to five, six and a half, then five and a half, then four and a half. So it looks like um, they're treating the cytokine immune reaction better and better. Uh, the ventilators are getting better. So I think they, they brought the death rate if for seeking care from mm -hmm. seven and a half. They've cut it in half. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. I think once it gets down to 1%, no one gives a shit about a 1% chance of dying. Okay. And, um, and then the vaccines, um, I was, again, I, I, what I love about what I do is whenever I say anything, if I'm wrong or someone disagrees, they're, they're, they're going to call um, me, email yeah. me, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was really schooled because I, when I thought vaccines would be so hard to come out, mm -hmm. I was thinking of pre-COVID vaccines where you'd want it to be at least 70, 80, 90% effective. Mm. But not realizing in a pandemic, if you got seven companies making a vaccine and every one of them was only worked 50%, it's game over. Mm -hmm. Hell, they got seven vaccines. If just one of them can eliminate 50%, you're already at herd immunity with got the it. amount that have spread. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's winding down. It's definitely winding down. I mean, March was the most brutal. Yeah, yeah. we may live with this thing and spots up, but like, like forest fires. Yeah, you're going to have fires spot up every once mm -hmm. in a while mm -hmm. um, and they'll get better vaccines and try to stamp it out. Sure. They just They just eliminated polio this week. I mean, God forbid that, and that was a problem in 1950. Yeah, but it's yeah. finally eradicated from Earth. So it's it's not coronavirus will not be eradicated from Earth for half a century or more. But okay. I think the worst is definitely behind us, and it looks better every day. Um, I'm really optimistic, and uh, I I just sure. think it's fading away, and dentistry right. will be better for it because the first SARS uh, deal that came out in 2012. When it came to America, it killed 38 million souls. And you know why no one talked about it? Because they were pigs. 
Yeah. And when yeah. they killed 38 million pigs, Quite no one true. cared. Yeah. But man, I got Asia cared and because Asia lost people over. So this was their second rodeo for them. Sure. And, and people don't realize that Boeing caught wind of this. They're like, I don't want to be in an airplane with all this recirculating air. Well, Boeing got that memo in 2012. So planes, you know, were redesigned and the new ones made. So a lot of these Boeing planes that were made in the last five years, they don't recirculate there. They blow that stuff out because of what happened in 2012. Sorry. So again, in dentistry, when HIV came out, we made a lot of incremental changes. SARS came out, we made more changes. It'll be interesting to see which changes made right now in 2019. Um, and uh, um, we'll survive the pandemic. I mean, sure. is negative air pressure room, is that hype or is that something that's going to survive? Oh, and, and when okay. I when I listen to all the people that are arguing about not wearing a mask, uh, they're always young people because if you're an old dentist, that's what the old dentist used to say about them wearing gloves. <laughs> oh my God, in Kansas, when they were telling dentists they had to wear gloves, you were risking your life to a 12-gauge shotgun with a batshit crazy dentist. So again, the beautiful thing about old age is you've seen every rodeo the second or third time Got it. and you try to get better at pattern mm. recognition and it's stuff makes a little more sense. Right. Um, I think on Twitter, you said recently that um, owning a dental office during a pandemic is like being chained <laughs> to a madman. Uh, especially, so um, maybe you meant in a different way, uh, but especially when COVID-19, as you say, it's not going to go away, but at least it's, the worst is past us. Uh, with that in mind, what would you mean by owning a dental office during a pandemic is like being chained to a madman? Because it, it was, it was just, I mean, it, like, like you have your dog. Imagine if a, if a wild um, puma or cougar uh, moved mm. into your house tonight mm. and you and your dog are in your room and there's a freaking cougar in the other room and you know it can kill you, but you know it's not going to kill you if you keep the door shut. I mean, this thing comes out of nowhere and um um and and you I'm saying it's Chinese bat. The evidence for the Spanish influenza is that it came from a pig to a human in Kansas, where I was born. Mm -hmm. The first outbreaks were uh, Leavenworth. They moved the troops because of World War One. It followed that. So, um, but it was, it, you know, it comes from uh, a zoonotic transfer. You weren't planning it. You didn't see it coming. Like look at Lehman days. Like like a year before the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew that Warren Buffett stopped buying stocks. The mm -hmm. Buffett index should be one. The, the value of all the stocks in a country, the Wilshire 5000 should be equal to the GDP. And right. when it falls, when it, when it falls down to like 70%, you know, it's the market's going to go for a run. But when it gets up to like 1.3, you know, it's going to come back down. That yep. freaking thing is up to 1.7. Oh, so, but we knew this a year ago. So with yeah. other financial deals, you knew it was coming. It just didn't know exactly when. Mm. But this virus, I have to tell you, I never thought one time in my entire life that I'd lived through a pandemic. I can't remember. I even read the book, The Spanish Influenza in college mm. way back then. And I don't, I think even in reading that historical book for a history class, it never even dawned on me that I could be living through the plague. Sure. Uh, so yeah, it was a, it, it was a madman. It's like mm -hmm. you woke up one morning, you're handcuffed to a madman and uh, he's not leaving. And he's been, and it's already <laughs> been six months. Got it. Let's go back to your book uh, now, Uncomplicated Business, right? What top three to five things that you would say that you would like to point out to manage people, time, and money? 
low hanging fruit that's your phrase so what's your low hanging fruit for well, only top 3 things only in in numbers like number 1 number 2 number 3 for people time money okay um first of all i got to tell you the the reason the book is um i my uh, first granddaughter was born little taylor mm. and i was 50 and i have no memory of my grandfathers cuz my uh, my dad and both grandfathers all three died at the age of 61 oh. and i have no memory of them and i thought to myself okay i lived half a century i got a doctorate and a masters degree in dentistry and business um i do a million a month i got 50 employees and i don't know what taylor is going to be i don't, i don't know if she's going to be a dentist own a restaurant i, I don't know what maybe <laughs> she's going to manage five people. i i don't know Yeah, so yeah. I sat there and I thought, okay. So I, what I did is I sat down and I laid every column I'd ever written every month. So I've had a monthly column, uh, and I, I have a monthly column. It's the first column of the magazine, only because I own the magazine mm. from '94 to whenever she was born. And then I threw away all the articles that were just root canals, fillings, crowns, and I was trying to see how could I. faster easier higher quality lower cost smallest way transfer what grandpa knew to his granddaughter wow. and the first draft was 600 pages and i so i went through it again got it down to 400 pages mm. the third time i got it down to 200 pages and basically it came down to just people time and money mm. and i just wanted to be crystal clear that If you get an A on the perfect stadium and the ball and the marketing and the social media and the lawyers and the accounting, yeah. but on your basketball team, you have five old bald Irish guys. You're never going to win a game. I mean, you got to get the right people, and it all begins in kindergarten school. Mm. And you know, you know, when someone shows you who they are, I mean, if a dog comes up and bites you, how many times does that to bite you? Everybody says. that's the dog that bites people yeah. so build a build a team in, in the sandbox of people that you want to play with that you 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 want to drive to work because you can't wait to play in the sandbox sure. and and on dentistry um yeah a lot of this stuff is crazy but i it, a laser no one needs a laser but if yeah. it means that it makes you run 20 red lights on the way to the dental office by god you have to have a laser because you yeah. only live once yeah. and everybody else has got burnout disease depression and you're the dumbass who wants to spend 100,000 on a laser and then ride 100 miles an hour to work to go play with your laser that laser is priceless and so then on time so that was the people um, that that's the most important and if you get a if you get an a on the people you can get a d on time and money and still be a millionaire and reach any goal you can mm. it's all the people and then time is you know dude there's there's a a clock and in fact you know the you know the difference in my mind between the bull uh, these bubble stock markets yeah. and reality is reality is cinderella had a clock mm. and at midnight you knew we're all turning pumpkin, in pumpkin yep. it's going south at midnight But with a bull market there's no clock. So Cinder they just keep one more dance, one more beer, one more, one more, one more. Cinderella had a freaking clock and the stock market doesn't, but you got a clock. Mm. You are not the bull you're not Wall Street that's been going since 1850 to 2020. You my man will die and most likely it'll be about the same range as a tortoise or a hare or a turtle. <laughs> and I was 
say 100 years just for easy math. It's, yeah. It only has two numbers, a one and a zero. So you're only going to live 100 years. And it really helps to know that you're going to die and try to imagine where you're going to be at that death. So my mom used to tease me. She says, you know, Howie, um, sometimes when you lay down to sleep, you ought to sit there and when you pull up the blanket, pull it all the way over your head and pretend they just shut the casket door. That oh, you're dead. Wow. Now, how does everything look now from the day you're born to now? So, so you got to have a sense of time. And young kids, young kids, one of the mistakes they do is they're gonna they're gonna do everything by Friday. Mm. But as you get older and older and older, you realize that on a New Year's resolution, if I said to myself, okay, next year, like like my New Year's resolutions for my company, so like today's dental or dental town, sure. it might be like one thing I want to get done for the year. But then I'm sitting there thinking, I mean, my God, my, my company's 30 years old. If if this year, if all we accomplished was this, oh man, that's sweet. Mm. So again, having a practice that there that you know your time is limited. And you, you can take it a year, a decade at a time, a year at a time, a month at a time. Uh, our business, we do it at a quarter at a time. We have quarterly goals and, um, and then, and then money. And then money is just simply very simple that if I put it, when Rockefeller put a dollar in the bank, it paid him a nickel every year until eternity. Mm-hmm. And, and what does everyone else do? They say, I want it right now. So I will borrow your dollar and give you a nickel every year. And they never cross the chasm. Once it's like when everybody talks about drug addiction, dude, the number one drug addiction on earth is instant money now. And I'll pay you back later with interest. And and I'll tell you what, you know, you, you're supposed to avoid uh, religion, sex, politics, and violence. So let's just go right to racism. The only <laughs> Dentists I know that cross the chasm in the earliest, they are never born in the United States. They're always born in Africa, Central South America, Asia. You get some girl from Thailand that comes out of UUP with $400,000 in student loans. She'll live with their mom. She'll save up her money. She'll go work in a practice. She won't own a car, a house. If she has a kid, she'll have the kid at her mom's house. And, and, and then you meet them, you meet up with them five years out of school, no student loans, no debt. You meet them 15 years out of school, they have a million dollars in cash in the savings account. Sure. If that girl would have been born in San Fran instead of going from Vietnam to San Fran, she's 50 years old and she just, she just got a new car on a five year lease. Yeah. And, and her house has the 30 year mortgage and she's 50. Sure. So, so that, um, so the money thing is you're on the wrong side of the interest equation and you need to go get on the other side and, and, and look, look how the government has no interest in, in you because by, by backing this car loan thing, when everybody makes their last payment, they buy a new car. Well, they could reverse that, that you had to buy them in cash. Henry Ford only sold his cars in cash because he knew that was the better lifestyle. Look, look at the look at the thirty year mortgage on a house. The government knows that any loan over twenty four years is called interest only. That's why the SBA loan is twenty four years. They know every American moves every seven years. And so they leave a 30 year loan so that you're always interest only. And then they all like income inequality. Why is Wall Street <laughs> so rich and we're so poor? Yeah. They could change that to a 15 year loan, 10% interest 
boom, 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 boom. But there, but no one is trying to help you. Everyone's trying to make a buck off you. So if you really want to be unique and you really want to be special, why don't you just start helping people and try to try to make a buck off everyone? And, uh, and that's the genuine shit that'll grow. Got it. Right. Um, now I think uh, I want to talk about, um, the mindset and, uh, the resistance that Dennis faced. So you, you're very open minded. You know, you want to take your team together. You want to work with the oral surgeon next door or the companies, whether it's American Dental Association, whatever. You want to take everybody along. That's how I felt, at least uh, listening to your podcast and other things. Um, why do you think, uh, Dennis, in in US uh, or many parts of the, of the country, they don't, they're not really open-minded. They, they're very, they're not as open-minded, let's put it that way, uh, like you, uh, because... Why do you think is that? And if and what would you say? And what could you could we say to them to open their minds to uh, to be more open so that they can be more successful quickly? And well, I think the only I think the only four tools that we have in the toolbox right now, um, you know, hammer, screwdriver, pair of pliers, is just math, physics, chemistry, biology. And um, applied math is physics, applied physics, chemistry, applied chemistry, biology, applied biology goes into to dentistry. And, you know, when you say dentist, you no, know, um, there, there's, you know, 8 billion people uh, spread out with 2 million dentists are from every walk of life, but they've all been trained heavily. They're highly trained in math, physics, chemistry, and biology. So they have the tools to do whatever can be done with the level of knowledge we have today. Okay. And I love them. Um, and my boys point out so many things to me that when you go spend the night with someone else, if their dad's a dentist, a lawyer, or a physician, they have like a hundred books that aren't fiction. Mm. But if there's no dentist, doctor, lawyer in there, it's all 50 shades of gray and TMZ <laughs> and, you know, Hollywood shit on the wall. So I love dentists because they have the tools, but, you know, but, but lumping all of America together never works in anything, especially statistics. Like, like no one cares. No one gives you numbers for the EU because really you're going to mix up Germany and Portugal and Spain. And I mean, they're so different. I mean, how do you compare uh, Alaska to Manhattan? I mean, hell, Miami to Kansas City is two different countries. So there's a lot of dentists and uh, they're all from around the world, but their common denominator is out of everything they could do in life. They decided they were going to become a doctor to work with their hands, everything surgery in an operatory to help you to get you out of pain. And it's just a special person and it's a very different person. That's why I always called dentistry a vocation. I never called an occupation. I mean, an occupation that wants to make a lot of money, that, that's Wall Street. That's, that's half the lawyers. That's all kinds of people, salespeople. But I never, you know, I grew up in Catholic school. I went from kindergarten to in the end of Creighton, only Catholic school. My two older sisters are nuns. Dentistry's always looked far more like a vocation. 
than it was an occupation. The, hell, they're not salespeople trying to make a buck. They'll tell you, ask any dentist, do you like to sell dentistry? Shit, no. That's, I mean, that's all they've ever said for 30 years. They, they don't like selling dentistry. They so, don't look at their numbers and they'll make the, I mean, if the insurance only gives them $50 for a filling. Um, I'll say, okay, well, no rubber dam, just amalgam. It's a dollar spill. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. We'll make 20%, 30% net. No, 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 no. I have a vocation. I'm going to numb it up and place a rubber <laughs> dam and pack cord for gingival leakage. Well, why do you think do they do compo- that? That's, I think that's what I'm because trying to Because that healthcare, caring, helping, getting people out of pain and death so they're not that, able to more they're not able to understand the difference between dentistry and the business basically oh well it, it, it's who is attracted like i'll tell you the worst the worst occupation on a man is the vets because they all fell in love with the cat or a dog at like in middle school and they don't know any economics they don't know that um they have the highest overhead your supplies your sundries are six percent why do you think patterson and shine have a vet division because a chiropractor has no supplies mm-hmm. so there's no trade magazines or anything chiropractic and only five percent americans are the chiropractor but you you go to veterinarians and their their uh, sundries bills four times yours yours is six percent there's just 24 percent that's all right, but my uh, my uh, phone's blown up, and I I uh, I have to run, run, run. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, I've really enjoyed uh, those two hours with you. Um, sure. I think you're um, what you're doing is amazing. It was very, very fun. And if you ever want to do it again, we'll do it again. Uh, I have so many other questions, which I can you know I can split in two parts, and I can wait on it. That's not a problem, but. That's why I said you have so much to share. You have so much. Uh, we can learn so much from you. But I wanted to make sure that I asked you what I, what I personally call them as Tim Ferriss inspired questions. Uh, they really they really open up um, uh, a big different aspect of my guests. Uh, thank you, <laughs> thank you for spending two hours. Uh, I, I think they just flew by. I didn't realize it. No, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. All right. Well, have a great day. Would you like to get a really small email a couple times a month to see what hashtag POD is up to? What are we reading? What are we listening to? What are we doing? What's stupid, funny, entertaining, and some weird stuff that we've gotten ourselves into? Then go to podcastsofdentistry.com slash extra. E-X-T-R-A. That's right. Podcastsofdentistry.com slash extra. And you will get a really small email from us to give you that little extra kick and keep you busy exploring the world we travel. You can also find us on Facebook at podcastsofdentistry.com slash Facebook. Thank you for listening. Hashtag POD. And I'll see you inside. <laughs>